Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for dads in their 40s who want to improve their health and fitness. This is episode 70, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking to the two Alexes from Exhale Coffee. Founder Alex is an Ironman, marathon swimmer, Thai boxer, surfer, and lifelong backpacker. Riddled with health issues, he's on a mission to see how much one broken, sleep-deprived dad can achieve through living a healthier lifestyle. Alex Manos is a certified functional medicine practitioner with an MSc in personalized nutrition and various qualifications in personal training and performance enhancement. Exhale Coffee was born out of obsession for coffee, for health and fitness, and for their passion for helping others combining all three. Hi guys, thanks very much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? Hey, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great opportunity to, to do our first ever podcast. Oh wow, your first ever. Excellent. <laughs> well, I'm glad we were able to get you on. Um, you know, as we were talking before we started recording, I'm a big coffee addict and um, yeah, your, your product is great. I have a, a cup of it here, if you can see one on my background. So it's like, yeah, my, my middle of the day coffee. So yeah, cool. So You know what, I was, I, was hoping, I was planning on having a cup of it here myself since we recorded <laughs> and I've got a branded XL mug that I was going to have to get a bit of product placement in, but I forgot to do it. So uh, yeah, you, next time. You, you've, got, you've got to get one of these Zoom banners and get, get it all up behind you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit glitchy. But, um, I'll get there. I'll yeah, learn. absolutely. I'll cool. So for, for people that haven't come across you guys before, they haven't come across Exhale Coffee, can you both give a, an intro to yourselves and your background and you know, how it became in existence and you know, the, your positions in the organisation? Yeah, so I am Alex, or we're both Alex's, um, but I am the, so this kind of is my, this business is my brainchild and it's been something I've been researching for years now and I kind of, I got on, uh, it all started I guess five years ago when we had, or nearly six years ago when we had our first child, um, she she had colic, we had five crazy months, she didn't sleep at all um, and then at about the end of those five months the company I worked for organised uh, an Olympic distance triathlon Right. Uh, and with a very small amount of training I did this Olympic distance triathlon uh, and did really well in it, um, or, or, or way better than I expected. I did it in two hours, 35 minutes, and oh. considering I'd only done five runs in training, um, <laughs> I was pretty happy with that. And considering I hadn't slept for five months, so I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. And, and just fell in love with the whole sport and enjoying sport. So I decided the next year I wanted to sign up to do some more and kind of take it further. However, have basically having a kid and having no sleep. Um, I'm not afraid to admit it, it just broke me. <laughs> and, uh, I started a, a cascade of unfortunate health issues started uh, around about that time. Then the next year I had to pull out of both of the Olympic distance triathlons because it was just, right. I was so, I, I'd been kind of ill for months. 
Um, managed to do a couple of long distance swims. Um, right. So I was getting into other endurance sports as well. Um, but I was yeah, absolutely gutted to uh, pull out of those two triathlons. But it just made me more determined to nail it and, and to figure yeah. out what was going on. So then I started researching and obsessively researching health and the, the kind of deepest complexities of health and took that so far. Um, and at the same time, researching how to be a better kind of athlete and how to train better and optimize your nutrition and everything else. Um, and the more I researched those two independently, um, the more I kind of started researching them together and I started kind of using everything I'd learned in health to kind of further my kind of athletic uh, abilities and, uh, and yeah, kind of progressed through longer and longer distances, triathlons up to an Ironman last year and then um, marathon swimming as well. Um, right. Did a 14K marathon swim. Wow. Um, so anyway, so through all of this, at the same time as all of this is going on, sorry for the slightly long-winded That's answer. fine, you carry on. <laughs> While all this was going on, um, I went to Bali for three and a half months in the maternity leave with our first baby. Right. Um, and I went to my first speciality coffee shop there and had my first taste of speciality coffee. Fell in love with it, fell in love with the, the way it made me a much better surfer. Fell in love with coffee and decided instantly I wanted to open a speciality coffee roastery. Right. Um, so I started researching about coffee and how to roast coffee and learning about that as well. So over the last five years, I've been researching health, researching sports and fitness and researching coffee independently. And then I started to come across more and more studies that linked all three and right. showed how beneficial coffee could be to sports, which everyone knows, mm -hmm. uh, and then also to your health. And the more I read, the more amazed I was and the more I couldn't believe that coffee was still considered a guilty treat by most people. Yeah. And the more I just thought, I just have to set up a business to, uh, to, to, to do this, basically, to, to show the world the benefits yeah. of coffee. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting. And I think to take, touch on your point about coffee being unhealthy, I would say it is if you drink the instant nonsense, but yeah. the, the rest of it is, is, is pretty good. And it's interesting, your story is, is, is fairly similar to mine in so much as I was given the opportunity to enter my first sprint distance and then got hooked from there. Fortunately, I didn't yeah. have any health issues, which meant I could just go on and, and progress. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, and I don't know if it's a lot of thing. A lot of overlaps because I know you used to train around Regent's Park and you used to work next to Regent's Park. I worked for the last six years near Regent's Park and all my running was done at lunchtime in Regent's Park. So we probably ran past you. On New yeah, we probably, probably <laughs> have. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's really, uh, really interesting. And so, Alex, what, what's your story? How have you come up to, to be with XL? Yeah, so um, Alex and I actually sort of have a little bit of a backstory and I, and I supported him during his mini health crisis if right. i use the term so um i'm a functional medicine practitioner i've got a background in nutritional therapy and um i started out in my career as a personal trainer and sports massage therapist okay so i i've kind of joined as chief wellness officer um mm -hmm. and help alex with a little bit of kind of some of the science and the research that's coming out around coffee and its health benefits yeah um and actually, I, I was probably in that camp at the very beginning as a teenager, young 20s. A lot of what I was taught was, you know, avoid caffeine. You know, we're yeah. all so stressed anyway, etc. It's, it's kind of something we should be limiting. Um, and then I think I just stumbled across some research, a little bit like Alex, really, and started understanding the health benefits. 
I started drinking it because of that. I wasn't even that big a fan of the taste of coffee when I started right. drinking it. Uh, but very quickly just fell in love with the taste as well. And like a lot of coffee lovers, you know, it becomes quite a, a ritual in our morning. Mm. It can really help ground us and get us going and things like this. So now it's, it's like the highlight of my day. And <laughs> I'm just grateful to be part of this. Yeah, it's, it's funny though, isn't it? I mean, it's, I was thinking the same. I mean, I've just recently joined a cycling club and the big highlight is when you've, at the end of your ride, <laughs> you go to a coffee shop, but it can't just be any coffee shop, right? And it, and it must be a, it's a real snobbery thing, I think. You know, it, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going to a Costa, sorry, Costa <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I have to go somewhere where they've got decent coffee, you know where it comes from, you know, and all that kind of stuff, really. Um, and there is a there is a romance around good coffee and also kind of good tasting coffee and that mm. was the big thing we wanted to do in the business is to, to find a healthy coffee and the healthiest possible coffee but it also i don't want to take that moment away from people that enjoyment of a really delicious cup of coffee away from people so it had to taste as good as it is healthy yeah so it didn't want because a lot of healthy choices you kind of sacrifice <laughs> taste yeah in favor of health but i just didn't want to have that kind of product yeah, and I can attest to that. Like I said, it's it's really, really smooth. It's really nice to drink. And you actually want to hold it in your mouth and savour it because it's that nice. So and I, I kind of, I said this to somebody just recently, I kind of put coffee along the lines of like good whiskies and things like that because it has yeah. a similar kind of thing, right, in terms of its taste, its flavour, where it's come from. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the, they call it the, uh, the new red wine, um coffee yeah it's got it's got over a thousand different compounds in it um whereas i think wine is like 150 different kind of compounds that contribute to its flavor so yeah yeah, i mean it's not as pronounced the flavor but no two coffees from two different places taste the same quality coffee yeah and then just just a fun fact actually red wine has more bacteria in it than any other alcoholic drink as far as i'm aware Oh, um, really? Alec, you might might be able to correct me on that if I'm wrong, but that's what I learned just recently, actually. So, um, so yeah. But in terms of you know, coffee and its bad reputation that you touched on, uh, Alex. You know, I don't know how we're going to differentiate <laughs> what Alex is, but um, you, you can know, call me Al if you want. Al, um, okay, yeah, cool. so I've kind of adopted. That's what my well, friends the, and family call me. So yeah, I've adopted okay, that, Al, right? and then Alex, the doctor. Yeah. The functional practitioner, <laughs> full name. So, but in terms of why coffee's got its bad reputation in the first place, can you go into some detail around why that is? <clears throat> yeah, so I, I, I can answer this. It's this. It, it basically, it began back in the 1950s with the early studies into coffee. So the early studies that looked for associations between um, lifestyle factors like diet, smoking, drinking, etc., and they look for associations between those and uh, different health outcomes, like various diseases, etc. These early studies didn't adjust for what we call confounding variables, right. which means that because smokers were more likely to uh, have poor diets and were more likely to drink coffee, um, a lot of these bad behaviors were lumped together in these studies. So coffee was unfairly lumped together with these other um, bad behaviors. But it's only in the last 10 to 15 years that these, the more recent studies have started adjusting for this kind of healthy user bias, to call it. Okay. Then in the last 10 to 15 years, the kind of scientific opinion has moved away from that 
to um to kind of culminate in the last few years really in, in 2016 um the world health organization um after thoroughly reviewing more than a thousand studies in their words they reversed their previous 25-year stance on coffee being a possible carcinogen to say that it can help prevent five types of cancer wow. that's coming from the world health organization so so yeah science is there science has caught up with the health yeah. benefits of coffee so we're just trying to educate the public now yeah it's interesting isn't it i mean there's lots of studies coming out around various different things that were done in the 1950s one of the biggest ones that i'm aware of is is dr ansel keys and his um his how fats are bad for us and which is kind of taking mm -hmm. us on this long journey of low fat and all the rest of it so definitely yeah it, it, it's interesting isn't it how this science has evolved and so but I guess the challenge with that, though, is that it takes a long while for somebody to change a habit or to accept that now what they're hearing is the case. So for you guys, you know, and I've seen comments on social media around this, uh, around mm. with another coffee company. Um, and it was around the fact that, oh, you know, because um, a lot of healthy coffees are using the, the marketing, well, not marketing, but using the my top micro is it mycotoxins mycotoxins has yeah. on it as, yeah. a, as a marketing tactic and so mm. a lot of people are just not buying into this they're like no. coffee you know yeah exactly so the, yeah the tricky one there and that's what yeah things like bulletproof coffee do um there there's some study the studies just it's kind of the studies for and against whether that's an issue and the mm. same with things like pesticides in coffee so you know coffee is the third most sprayed crop in terms of pesticides behind cotton and tobacco, neither of which we ingest, right? No. However, coffee beans get roasted and then brewed at close to 100 degrees Celsius. So the actual amount of those things that end up in your cup is very debatable and there's studies for and against that. So it's kind of, that's why it's difficult to kind of believe those arguments because it is so on the fence. It's so 50-50 and it does matter. It is important to some people. If you have a high body burden of, toxins already then you know it, it it does matter which arguably I'm, I'm one of those people but then it doesn't matter for everybody so this mm. uh, our, our approach to this whole thing is that we want to sell coffee on the positives positive yeah. side of coffee right um and not overly scaremonger people on the potential negative side although we do tick those boxes as well and our mm. coffee is tested to be free from all those things but we're not we're not kind of pushing that in people's faces too much well, I mean, that was the biggest thing that I noticed about you in the brand. It was like you are a healthy coffee company and the brand. I was like, ah, oh, this is different because generally it's all centered around mycotoxins and all the rest of it. So that was yeah. the biggest standout for me, the fact that you're not saying that. So that no, coffee has so much more to offer than just kind of avoidance of the negatives. Mm. Like, there's so many benefits to coffee that, yeah, it's just that's what... It really excites me. That's what I'm yeah. interested in reading about, and that's what I'm interested in telling people about. Yeah, hundred percent. And so, Alex, from your perspective, from a functional uh, practitioner perspective, you know the science and all the rest of it. You know what would, and we're talking about polyphenols and things like that. Maybe you could just explain a little bit about polyphenols uh, on the health benefits around coffee. Yeah. So. From a health benefit perspective, polyphenols are definitely one of the, the main compounds in coffee where I guess the majority of the research at this point in time is at. So when we're talking about the health benefits, we're largely talking about these polyphenols. And 
one of those or a group of those are these chlor chlorogenic acids. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of research showing us that these polyphenols have multiple benefits to multiple bodily systems. So we know that they're neuroprotective. There's uh, research indicating that coffee reduces our risk of things like Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease. Uh, with Parkinson's, some studies have shown a 25% reduction risk. So we're also talking about pretty significant reductions yeah. as well. Um, there's also research on depression and reducing that. And I guess this is what goes back to what Al mentioned with sort of these confounding variables. So coffee is a social beverage, generally speaking. So there are some of these other factors that might come into this that we need to kind of uh, explore a little bit further. But, you know, these polyphenols have liver protective roles. They have cardiometabolic protective roles. They have right. cancer protective roles. Um, and it's partly through two primary mechanisms from what I've read, which is related to their antioxidant capacity. And partly as a result of that, they are anti-inflammatory as well. Um, and many of your audience will obviously know that there's a lot being spoken about at the moment from a low level chronic inflammation, driving a lot of these uh, chronic conditions like yeah. depression, et cetera. So those are two of the most powerful pathways that we think coffee and the polyphenols are influencing our health ultimately. Mm. Um, there's actually some interesting stats around things like uh, a reduction in risk of even things like gallstones. Um, okay. And certain cancers include liver, prostate, endometrial. Um, I think there's some just with liver cancer there as well. Yeah. Um, cancer. Skin cancer. Oral cancer. <laughs> So it, it's, it is amazing, ultimately, yeah. but especially when you think of the, how the, the research has changed over the last sort of 50 years or so. Yeah. Um, and then you've got these other antioxidants that actually get, they get made through the processing of coffee. Um, so they call these, these co coffee processing antioxidants. So although there's some discussion around mm -hmm. when we're cooking and applying heat to not just coffee, but just food per se, yeah. Um, there are potentially some toxic compounds that get created. There's mm -hmm. actually a lot of good that comes from that as well. And they have okay. their own sort of antioxidative properties. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just, I guess, for people who aren't familiar with that term even, because we use oxygen to, to create energy, we create these byproducts um, related to reactive oxygen species or ROS, which are yeah. basically molecules that have a, a spare electron going into the science a little bit. And these yeah. antioxidants can negate those reactive oxygen species. So it's kind of making the molecule more stable again. Mm. Um, and that is, I guess, at a cellular level, some of what's going on when we talk about a lot of these health benefits. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I mean that's fascinating. Just some of the stuff you shared there, you know, that, that's quite profound in the, from the perspective of there's some serious health conditions that you've mentioned there. And we're talking about the simple fact of drinking coffee can reduce that. But one of the things that I wanted to ask you actually is that obviously there's always talk about the amount of coffee people drink because obviously coffee or caffeine is a stimulant, isn't it? And then there's, 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 there's the other point around cortisol levels, which is our, you know, our stress hormone that gets elevated when we have caffeine. So what, what is your views on that side of things in terms of, yes, we've got you know, all of the benefits that you've outlined, 
but then obviously there, you know, there's obviously yin and yang to everything, isn't there? Um, and then, but then you've got the cortisol levels being raised if you're an excessive coffee or caffeine drinker. Mm. Al, shall I take this or do you want to? Mm, yeah, I mean, first I'll hand over to you, but the, in a second. But the first thing I would say is that most people. So this is a we're selling something here that most people drink already. Most people have drank yeah. coffee already for years. So you know what your own personal tolerance levels are to coffee. Yeah. So we're not saying to add something new into the diet that has potential risks. We're saying if you currently drink two or three cups of coffee a day and you're fine with that, then switch to our coffee and mm-hmm. you know you'll, the help the benefits of it will be magnified. So a lot of people already kind of they, they know within themselves what their own tolerance is. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, to be honest, probably the most important point. Um, you know, we're, not, we're not trying to take an approach of adding something if someone already knows that they are hypersensitive to coffee for whatever reason that may be. Um, and I think, you know, I, I remember once reading or listening to a, maybe a podcast and they were talking about sort of the genetic predisposition. So I think it's the CYP1A2 gene that mm. makes us a fast or slow metabolizer. Right. But in, but in theory, you know, these are just genetic predispositions. So if you yeah. take someone who is a, let's get this right. If you take someone who is a slow metabolizer, but they've drinking coffee for the last two decades, we obviously, we all know that we get sensitized to caffeine. Yeah. So that person may actually be better off than someone who is a fast metabolizer who's never drinking coffee and then starts to drink coffee. Mm. So it's a sliding scale or a spectrum that we need to be mindful about there. Yeah. And I guess from my perspective, you know, being a, a clinician as well, that's obviously, that's always going to be one of the key topics to consider, which is what is someone's kind of chronic status when it comes to their stress levels and that will definitely tie into that kind of conversation yeah and i think that's a really important point to make and i think this is just as a at a very high level in just the the world of nutrition and food and everything else you know there's not it's not a kind of one protocol applies to everybody you know and some people have mocked me in the past for saying there's no one size fits all but the fact of the matter is there isn't we're all different. We're all individuals. And so the way that various different things impact us and affect us, um, you know, is, is not a, a broad brush approach. But I think, I think as well, the other thing for me is you have to weigh up, you know, the, the pluses and the minuses. And from what you've just said, Alex, you know, there's a huge amount of pluses from actually consuming coffee, which has gone through the process that you guys put it through because the, you know, the, 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 the upsides far outweigh the downsides, you know? Um, and like you say, you know, you know yourself how you react to coffee and yep. when you should drink it. So for example, in my case, I know that if I drink coffee after like two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I will struggle to get to sleep at night, but that's all I have, you know, up until that point, I'll consume it as much as I can. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you're I probably think- the same as me then, which probably means that you're, a reasonably slow metabolizer so when i drink coffee i don't feel that anxiousness or jitteriness from the coffee because uh because it's the fast metabolizers who feel that the slow but the fast metabolizers have the benefit of being able to drink coffee later in the day and it doesn't keep them up Mm. because they it passes through the system quicker yeah yeah so yeah so i think i think and i think it's important actually to to put the science behind it because there's too much oh just because 
or do you, too much because the Daily Mail or whatever has said this is bad this yeah. week, isn't it? And I think it's important that you guys have come out and you've obviously got Alex on the team as well that can actually back up, you know, what you're saying is true. Oh, yeah. and, Just, yeah. All you have to do is read the science page of our website. I've, I've researched the hell out of it and I put this 41 citations, which I was particularly proud of in the science page. <laughs> and like, read yeah. that, read those studies and, you know, you find it hard to disagree with what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah, the cool. good news on this is um, a lot of the research shows that caffeine is not really the primary, as most of us would expect, the primary compound in coffee that provides the health benefits. So, right. you know, that if, if you can tolerate decaf, which obviously a lot of people would be able to, um, we can still get most of the health benefits as well. So okay. that's the good news. Exactly. Yeah. It's only really the ones, the health benefits on the liver and a few of the, the kind of neuroprotective ones, which are slightly less in, in the decaf. But actually, when we tested our decaf coffee, our decaf, amazingly, was higher in polyphenols than, a, than our caffeinated coffee. Oh, right. um, so it definitely has a merit, definitely. Yeah. So, so on that then, why, you know, what is special about your coffee? Because like we've already you know, discussed, there's tons of coffees on the market single origin and, and all the rest of it and they come from all different parts of the world you yeah. know what what is it that makes you know your coffee special i mean how you've obviously researched this to the nth degree you've gone mm. far and wide to to kind of source your coffee so what is it that makes it special so i would say it's all down to our process um any coffee can be healthy and all coffee is healthy but to varying degrees mm -hmm. so you have no real idea how healthy the cup is that you're drinking. So there's a study in, uh, in Glasgow, uh, which took an espresso, they, they tested espressos from 21 different coffee shops for their chlorogenic acid content. Right. Uh, and they found there was a nearly 20 fold difference between the highest and the lowest chlorogenic acid content in those coffees. So you would have no idea what you're drinking. So basically our, our, my mission has been to find the healthiest possible coffee mm -hmm. um and to do that i started by uh, i mean the whole process was a process of testing taste testing lab testing taste testing lab testing te and using independent like different independent labs kind of across europe um and the first round was to source the coffee with the healthiest possible potential so we got all available coffees that met our criteria. So it had right. to be organic. It had to be processed in certain ways that we knew would lend themselves to a healthier mm. coffee um, so, and, a, and a certain taste profile as well. So we tested all of those. We then found the coffee that, that had the highest uh, inherent potential. Then we roasted it multiple different ways. Again, right. testing each one. If it didn't taste good enough, we excluded it. If it tasted good enough, we then sent it off to be lab tested again. And then we chose the healthiest uh, roast profile of the healthiest coffee and then finally we had to prove that actually just because it is high in chlorogenic acid and polyphenols that they're actually active that they're actively right. uh they're active antioxidants so we then the last uh, the most fun study was uh was testing our coffee in a lab down in Plymouth for its antioxidant power. Right. And we also, we, we also got the lab to, um, to go to their local supermarket. They bought some blueberries, they bought some oranges and some kale, and they tested the antioxidant capacity of those. Right. And the results, they found that one cup, one small cafetiere of our coffee had the equivalent antioxidant power of 
12 punnets of blueberries um, <laughs> in one cup of coffee as 1.2 kilos of kale and there's 55 oranges. So that's how potent the antioxidants were. So, so that's when we knew that we'd, the, the whole process had actually worked. Yeah. Um, and then after that, there was more testing to find, to prove that our coffee through all of this kind of process would also source the coffee that was high in niacin, vitamin B3, which is important for lots of things. Um, And also then tested to make sure that it's free from pesticides, mycotoxins, toxins, and metals. So, so yeah, just a lot of testing basically. (laughs) (laughs) So in terms of, I want to ask you about the organic side of things because Mm. in terms of, you know, again, coming back to general nutrition, organic has been cited for many, many years as kind of, that's where you need to be at where your, where your food's coming from, but it's not all, what it's cracked up to be um, mm. in terms of, you know, it could be organic, but if the produce that you're consuming, that produce is consuming the wrong food itself, then it's kind of, a, you know, a, a pointless exercise in some ways. So in terms of the coffee beans and making sure it's organic, what do you do in terms of understanding that and making sure that that, you know, what the source of where it's coming from is, is, you know, the highest quality you can get. So first of all, we only source speciality coffee beans. Right. So speciality coffee beans, um, to become speciality coffee, it has to taste a certain... Uh, it, it, so all, all coffees are ranked on the Speciality Coffee Association's uh, kind of ranking out of 100, and that's based yeah. on taste. So to be speciality coffee, it has to score over 80 out of 100 on taste. Right. But to get these... Uh, really high-end coffees, they have to really look after their fields. So there's a, a lot right. of care and attention. And all of the coffee that we kind of sourced, we, we made sure it came from um, named farms, named farmers. And these, so there are already coffee plants that are treated with the, the highest amount of respect. Yeah. Um, and then the organic thing. So we, uh, I fully believe in organic being better for the environment. Yeah. Um, we, you know, there's, I'm sure that's a conversation for a whole different time about the benefits of organic for, for the environment. Um, but also organic being important for us and, and producing a healthier crop. So like, you know, plants of a microbiome like we do, a healthier yeah. plant that's been treated with better, less chemicals will be, will then potentially have more health benefits to us. So the theory as well was that if, a, if you've got an organic plant that's been treated with organic fertilizer, that then that would be, a stronger um, coffee plant uh, and then that would potentially have more health benefit more of the healthy compounds and be better for us yeah so yeah. it's kind of it appealed across multiple levels um but we'd not we'd, we so, but we're not limiting ourselves to just certified organic farms because a lot of uh, plantations in uh, in kind of some um some countries in uh, like we visited one in Costa Rica and they couldn't afford to do the organic certification. It's quite expensive over there. So we've said, well, it has to be organically farmed. Our current coffee is certified as well, but it just has to be organically farmed. And then we will test to make sure that it is free from, free from pesticides and toxins and everything else as well. Um, So, yeah, so I think on multiple levels, it kind of fits the bill. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's fascinating. But the other thing that I wanted to, to touch on being is, you know, we're talking about, we were talking actually before we started recording about sport and the relationship between coffee and sport. I mean, Al, from your perspective, mm. you know, what kind of benefits have you seen, you know, in your sports performance and having 
coffee and just generally day to day. And then Alex, from your perspective, you know, what kind of science is there to back up performance um, enhancements from having coffee and things like that? Because for example, and I don't know if this is placebo, but before I ever start an Ironman about half an hour before I'd always smash <laughs> a double espresso before I go out onto into the pen before we start the swim. So be good to get good your, your thoughts on both of those. Um, so yeah, I mean, coffee, caffeine is one of the few ergogenic aids to sport. It's one of the few accepted scientifically proven and accepted, um, and, and allowed, um, ergogenic aids, which means that it's, it enhances your performance in sport. So there's meta analyses which show, an increase in uh, exercise performance by 11 or 12 percent on average wow. from caffeine yeah um but then uh, aside from the caffeine in coffee um, there's a whole lot of other effects that coffee can have um to help your performance so right. um coffee the antioxidant so as you're exercising so coffee is actually great after sport as well it's not so i'd recommend that you have a cup okay. of coffee after your iron run as well because coffee has been shown to um, enhance your gluconeogenesis which is the reabsorption okay. of glucose into your muscles so when when you're recovering after an intense bout of exercise that you're kind of gl glycogen depleted so coffee will speed up the reabsorption of that glycogen okay uh, and also um, as you're exercising you you get a, a build-up a, a kind of a natural build-up in the body of uh, free radicals yeah. and of oxidation and the antioxidants in coffee will help combat that and also help speed up your recovery so uh so yeah so get involved with coffee before and after sports that i mean that is something that i didn't know so i yeah. was all for coffee before but definitely not afterwards and the reason for that is because i thought that it was an inhibitor if you had it after you trained and why did i think that i thought it was something to do with protein absorption but i'm obviously i'm incorrect so what i would normally do after a workout is i would have a green tea because obviously that's right. got caffeine in it um so yeah i mean alex what, what's yeah. your yeah what's your thoughts on that yeah i think um the post-exercise one is really interesting so mm. it, it also influences the glute 4 receptors so it basically speeds up sugar entering the muscle cell so okay. in regards to recovery and, and basically um, more rapidly restoring your glycogen stores, so your stored carbohydrate for your next bout of exercise, it yeah. can be helpful from that perspective. And before I forget, just on this idea of post-stuff coffee consumption, um, there is one study, and I, I can't quite remember it. It might be an animal study, but I like to mention right. it with a little bit of tongue-in-cheek which is um, it can be good for memory consolidation. So even after this podcast, if you're a coffee fanatic, <laughs> go and have a coffee and you'll remember this conversation better. Um, so okay. yeah, going back to kind of performance enhancement, and it's also really helpful for just strength. So if you're yeah. someone who likes to lift weights and you're going for a one rep max in a session or something, um, having one or two coffees is what the research suggests. Um, 30 to 60 minutes beforehand is going to be a, a nice tactic just to really maximize um, that effort ultimately. So it's good for endurance. It's good for power and strength sports as well. Um, again, we need to be mindful of things like what Al mentioned earlier, really sort of post-performance anxiety and nerves and how that kind of was yeah. going to interconnect with this as well. But there's, there's a reasonable amount of research showing us that it's a really potent and one of the best research, really, um, ergogenic aids or performance enhancers. 
um, yeah. for both ends of the spectrum, sort of power or endurance. Yeah, no, that is that is very interesting. It is fascinating. So what, around timing, so again, mm. I haven't got any science behind this, but generally before I exercise, I will have a black coffee either an hour or 30 minutes before I exercise. So what is the, what is the kind of basic science around the absorption into caffeine in the body? I guess it comes a little bit back to what we were saying earlier, whether you're a slow or fast metabolizer of it, but generally what's the kind of time window? So the general, so the, the, the recommendations, so the studies that have been done on caffeine that have proved it's an ergogenic aid, have actually looked at doses of caffeine, okay, of the, the, the recommend three to six milligrams per kilo of body weight of caffeine. Right. So three, six mil- milligrams. So I'm at my body weight. That's kind of like, you know, 400 milligrams of three to 400 milligrams of caffeine. So in an average espresso, you're getting like 75 milligrams. So your right. double espresso is probably about 150 milligrams. Yeah. So actually the recommended dose to get the best benefit is double that, like at least double what you're taking. So what I do and what I recommend is, um, that coffee takes coffee takes about half an hour for the caffeine to absorb into your bloodstream yeah. and start feeling the effects. Whereas caffeine pills are within minutes. So right. to get the the full dose of caffeine that's recommended by these studies. So I have a coffee like you um, about half an hour to an hour before the race. So by the time the race has start, that's kind of kicked in. And then just before the race, I'll top up with a couple of caffeine pills. In an ideal world, I'd have two cups of coffee, but I yeah. don't think my stomach could handle that with the pre-race <laughs> nerves. But, but yeah, coffee, half an hour to an hour before, and then top up with a bit more caffeine just before the race is my, uh, my recommendation. Yeah, well, uh, I'll, I'll try that when we can race again. Not right now, but um, no, that, that's super, super fascinating stuff, guys. So in terms of um, like your five top tips that you would suggest like dads and guys that are listening to this today who are either instant coffee drinkers or just tea drinkers what what would you say your five top tips for getting into coffee but not only just coffee speciality coffee from exhale i'd say number one is to get fresh coffee freshly roasted coffee so you, yeah. you've not tasted real coffee until you've tasted a freshly roasted coffee um which tastes better um you the the, the kind of the, the the flavor compounds in coffee do degrade as coffee actually stales there's no visible signs of it staling but coffee stales and it loses its flavor so it's best within a month to six weeks after it's been roasted to so get fresh coffee also the health benefits start to fade as well so chlorogenic acid drops off we know by 20 percent about a month later so to get fresh roasted coffee um the other thing i say is avoid the darker roasted coffees the really dark roasted coffees it's coffee is just dark roasted to disguise poor coffee to to disguise bad quality coffee to make it all taste generic so Mm. go for a more medium uh, a light to medium to kind of light dark roasted don't go too dark um, I would recommend to grind fresh to get the most uh, taste out of the coffee. Chlorogenic acid is quite stable, so it, that shouldn't affect it too much if you pre-grind, yeah. um, or that shouldn't be affected too much. But I would recommend grinding uh, within like minutes of brewing the coffee to get the most flavour. Um, and then <laughs> there's a couple of tips I have for 
getting the most health benefits out of the coffee. So to extract the, the most amount of the polyphenols and chlorogenic acids, it's effective. Think about it in a cup as being like a chemical reaction. So, right. um, and, and chemist, general laws of chemistry are, are that chemical reactions will be sped up by higher temperatures. Okay. Yeah. So brew methods, um, so lean towards brew methods that have a slightly higher temperature of uh, brewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I brew in a cafetiere and like I, I have it now just off the boil. So not boiling, but just off the boil is best. So yeah. speed up that extraction. And also a finer grind size as well. So a bigger surface area just by the law of physics just means bigger surface area, the better the extraction is of everything. So oh. like, it's traditionally recommended to have a coarse grind for cafetiere. So I... Yeah reduce that to more of a medium to coarse grind size so mm-hmm. so yeah a few little tips on the, the health yeah the that's that's very interesting particularly around the surface area side of things so i mm-hmm. use one of those um chemex filter oh, yeah. uh, cast whatever you call it so you put the filter in it but yeah. then the coffee's going into like a cone shape mm. based on what you've just said i'm not extracting you know all of the um, nutrients out of the coffee when it's being brewed. Well, so the interesting thing with using a Chemex is you're using a paper filter. Yes. So coffee contains uh, fatty acids. So it, coffee has diterpenes in it called cafestol and cowiol. So we talked a lot about chlorogenic acid and polyphenols giving the health benefits, but there's loads of things in coffee that can give health benefits. Right. And two of the next biggies are cafestol and cowiol, and they're fat, attached to fatty acids in coffee. So if you're using a paper filter, it filters out 98%, I think, of the cafestol and cowheel and the fatty acids. Wow. So that's why in a cafetiere, you get more of a mouthfeel and more body in the, in the coffee. Um, so if you want to, and cafestol and cowheel have, have a lot of research more recently into their kind of potent anti-inflammatory, really yeah. good for prostate cancer for dads. That's one of the big things, like yeah. read up on that. Um, so they have a lot of health benefits. Uh, so if you're using the, a paper filter, you're not going to get those through. However, cafestol and cowiol are the things in coffee that can spike cholesterol levels. So if you're someone who suffers from, because they're fatty acids, it's kind yeah. of like eating any fat. So if you're if you're if you have high really high cholesterol, then you've you've got to be a little bit careful. Then use a paper filter. Right. However, if you don't have cholesterol issues, then uh, I would recommend not using the paper filter to, to get yeah. the extra benefits. How, however, this whole this is a podcast on its own. Oh, I know. I'm a, totally a, with you. I'm to, I have a very a, high fat diet. I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I've just had my labs, my blood test come back, and my uh, cholesterol was high. Surprise, surprise, because they ate high fat diet. But yeah. Let, I've, I've, been trying to get, I've been working to get mine higher. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I add just one thing to that, Al, which yeah. is. Um, I think I'm right in saying that chlorogenic acid also gets inhibited through paper filtration. Yeah, so some of it, like yeah. The, the big one that people talk about also is going to be limited using a Chemex, which is something I used to use until I learned about that. Um, but also the diterpenes, as well as chlorogenic acid, I think, they've been shown to reduce the oxidation of LDL. Mm. So not wanting to go down that conversation too <laughs> much. Obviously, one of, the, one of the newer things on cardiovascular health and LDL is oxidized LDL or damaged LDL is one of the things that is the greatest risk factors for cardiovascular disease. Yeah. So by using a paper filter, you're reducing some of these antioxidant compounds that actually, although they increase total cholesterol, 
maybe having a health benefit in other ways, which partly explains why coffee has been shown to reduce the risk of all-cause mortality and cardiovascular disease. Yeah, yeah if the cholesterol spike was really an issue, you wouldn't see a reduction in the risk exactly. of cardiovascular disease. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really, that's very, very interesting. Just the cafeteria thing. So the yeah. is going yeah. in the bin after this. <laughs> <laughs> Straight on Amazon. Uh, um, it has a place. Chemex is delicious. It's a work of yeah. art. It's yeah. useful. <laughs> yeah, it is. Absolutely. Guys, this has been fascinating. Honestly, it's, um, and, and anybody that um, kind of landed on this podcast to think, oh, coffee's just coffee. Listen okay. to the whole thing. Well, if you got I, to this point, you'd have missed anyway. We've only scratched but, the surface there. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> fascinating. And, you know, just in summary, you, you, obviously you've clearly done your research. You clearly understand the science benefits behind it. Obviously, you've got Alex there to, to back it all up as well. Um, it is a great product, and I'm not just saying that. You know, I am a coffee Thank snob, you. and if it was rubbish, <laughs> I would tell you it was rubbish. Um, but it's not. It's, it's really you. good. Um, it's really smooth, really tasty. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, on, on the show today. But before we, I let you guys go, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you feel I should have asked you? You know, I would say there's one fun thing which I would love to share is that and I imagine a lot of your listeners are probably getting into things like intermittent fasting. Um, yeah. It's quite popular at the minute. Uh, I, 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 I'm quite big on it as well. Um, and there are studies that show that coffee accelerates uh, your you kind of moving into autophagy. Um, oh, right. and there's a study on, on mice, which shows that it accelerates autophagy. So I've started having a decaf before bed. Um, so actually coffee in the morning ain't going to help because you're, you're eating soon after And also, sorry, autophagy, if people don't know, is the big benefit of intermittent fasting, right? Yeah. The cellular, cellular cleansing. So if you have a decaf before bed, this study seems to suggest that it will accelerate you moving into autophagy. So you will, you will benefit even more from your intermittent fasting. Wow, that yeah. is very interesting because I've just come off of a 36-hour fast. Really? Uh, and wow. I, yeah, and I just had a, I had a black coffee uh, as well as some bone broth, but yeah, <laughs> to, to kind of break my fast. But yeah, no, that's very interesting. I, I think, you know, um, I use black coffee. That's the only thing I will consume on a fast. And there's yeah, yeah. various different arguments to say whether or not that means that I'm actually fasting. But I mean, that's the it only does. way I can get through that amount of time. <laughs> fast. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's great, guys. So how can people connect with you? What's the website address, socials and all the rest of it? Yeah, check out our Instagram uh, at yourexhale. And uh, our website is www.exhalecoffee.com um and yeah that's it that's that's where we are come and find us at some events we're going to be uh when, when events are allowed next year yeah. we, we're hoping to get a, a nice little coffee promo van to head around awesome. events, getting the getting the word out there making yeah. it for ourselves integrating the community yeah definitely definitely and and it is a very social social uh thing that you can do drinking coffee uh, and having good conversation so um guys thank you very much i think you've also given us a code as well um for the listeners yes a code um fit dad 25 get, gets listeners 25 percent off their first bag of coffee in a subscription and that's as well as the the free delivery they're already getting so i think our coffee on subscription is 7.95 so the first bag would be basically about six quid awesome brilliant oh. all right guys well thank you very much again for your no time problem. today it's great Thanks, to speak to you 
Thanks and, for having uh, us. Yeah, I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Yeah, Definitely. I'm really happy I've got through my first uh, podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I haven't yeah. made a fool of myself. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I have, I don't know. But... <laughs> no, definitely not. It was, it was great to talk. Cheers. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks, Darren. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes and a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com.